Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. It is no doubt going to be an emotional weekend in Athens. Some of this related to the celebration of the life of the legendary coach and athletic director Vince Dooley, the public ceremony taking place. We talked about that some on Wednesday's show. We'll talk about more about that here coming up in a little bit. As far as the action on the field, it's also senior day, too. And I have to confess here is that the pandemic has ruined so many things. And like one of the things the pandemic sort of ruined for me is senior day because I'm not very smart to begin with. And... Now you sort of are left to wonder, like, who's a senior? Who's coming back? Who's not coming back? And there's and listen, you know, you like the idea of hey, if, you, if you think this might be your last year, go ahead and walk for senior day. And if you come back next year, you can walk again. I, I'm fine with all of that, but it does kind of change the meaning of exactly what senior day is. And yet, in some form or fashion, that's going to be emotional too, because this is a group of players that helped bring a national championship to Georgia in 2021, and here in 2022, many of these, including quarterback Stetson Bennett, which we've talked about, uh, being between the edges for the last time, there's certainly a level of emotion as it relates to all of that. So you'll be feeling some of that on Saturday, and I encourage fans to get there early and uh, be seated and be a part of you know all of that when it takes place. And then in addition to that, you've also got the Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry, which kind of creates its own level of emotion as in-state rivalry games kind of do. And eventually, we're going to lead here into a conversation about what the role that fans can play on Saturday, and a former Georgia star is going to give you some words on that here coming up uh, in just a moment. But before that, Kirby Smart was asked a really interesting question this week. It was so interesting that I included a portion of the question in the answer about you know the rivalry that's known as clean old-fashioned hate that's the nickname for the georgia georgia tech rivalry not uh what was it the jack Lesney said earlier this week uh 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 i forget the order they put it in something about old hate you know good old good old hate or whatever it was that he said it's not that it's clean old-fashioned hate that's the nickname for the rivalry and kirby was asked this week about the specifics of this for him personally and i thought kirby gave a pretty good answer that kind of sets the stage for what this means for both teams on both sides. Here is Kirby on that. Is it clean old-fashioned hate to you in, in some ways? Yes, yeah, certainly it is. I mean, it's uh, it's what this program's biggest rivalry was many, many years ago when they were in the SEC. It, it, our kids don't know that history. They don't know the history of this rivalry and what goes into it. Uh, it was a really big rivalry, you know, during Paul's years here because of the triple option and playing something different and the physicality of the game, you know. And I think educating our players on that so they understand it because it means a lot to our players in terms of what they want to achieve and they got to win this game to achieve those things. So making sure they understand that is really important and teaching the history of that is important because it'll mean something to the Georgia Tech players and the Georgia players 20, 30 years from now. So there are some moments in press conference where Kirby Smart acts like the press conference is the last place he wants to be, which I'm sure there are oftentimes a lot of moments in which it is the last place he wants to be. There are times in which no matter what question you're asking, he's just giving you nothing. However, that is not one of those moments, I don't believe. Like, that is a very genuinely honest answer from Kirby of, yeah, this rivalry game means a whole lot. It means a whole lot to both sides. And one of these days when these guys are older, they're going to understand more about this. But for now, We've got to try to explain this. For now, these guys don't get, many of them anyway, what this rivalry is all about because there's this one moment during the answer when he says, 
hey, this was a really big deal a really long, long, long time ago. And that's just kind of real, right? It's like if you're my age, I remember Tech winning three straight here, 98, 99, 2000. If you're older than me, you've got even more vivid memories of that back when Tech was really a big deal. In recent years, that hasn't been the case as much. We have talked this week about the present tense discussion of the fact that this Tech team did beat Georgia in 2016. And that kind of adds a little juice to all of this. And we certainly know that Kirby kind of brings, you know, some of that probably in his private conversations. But pu- pushing that aside for a moment, uh, there is an element to, hey, we've got to explain to our players why this is a big deal. And that's exactly, you know, what the Georgia coaches, I believe, are, are doing here this week. And then you kind of get to the Tech part of this of, well, it's probably a little bit of an easier explanation for for the Tech side than is the Georgia side. I'm sure their coaches, whether this is true or not, you're, sh- you're you're pretty sure they're trying to spice things up by saying these guys don't even think they should be on the same field with you. They don't respect you. They don't do this. They don't do whatever. Like it's easy to kind of drum up that if you're Tech. And as has been kind of talked about this week, Tech has a chance to be bowl eligible if it would win this game. You can kind of spice things up that way. That 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 you've kind of got this easier sell if you're a Tech coach pushing your players this week then at first glance it sort of seems that the Georgia coaches might have selling this to their players especially when they didn't grow up many of them and they've been honest this week to say that they didn't grow up with Georgia versus Georgia Tech they've had to have this explained to them this week that there's almost a sense of kind of imbalance here as it relates to how a Georgia player might view the Georgia Tech game and the way that a Georgia Tech player might view the Georgia game there's a little bit of a potential imbalance and then I would say and let's just be honest here for a moment Making things even more challenging is the fact that this Tech game on the Saturday after Thanksgiving uh, comes the week before the SEC championship, but maybe even most importantly than that, more importantly than that, the week after Georgia has just concluded another unimaginable grind through the SEC. We told you last Saturday Georgia finished off two consecutive wins as the road team in the SEC. That doesn't happen very much. Two consecutive years as undefeated in SEC play. That doesn't happen very much. This has been a crazy grind for Georgia, and frankly, the toll that it takes on you mentally and physically is probably a lot more substantial than at times Georgia has sort of made it appear to be. In fact, we had former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm on the show on Tuesday. It's a really good conversation. I hope you had a chance to hear that, but if you didn't, I thought that Jake did a pretty good job as a former player himself, someone who's been through the the tough wars of the SEC, of as an outsider now, and he's not such an outsider, he's still you know hanging around the team a pretty good bit, but when he can anyway, but as someone who's no longer an active player on the team, how he kind of views the accomplishments that 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 Georgia's recently had. So this is the grind that Georgia's sort of been through ahead of the in state rivalry game that's gonna play on Saturday. Jake Fromm going back to Tuesday on that. The focus and the discipline it takes week in and week out is so underappreciated. Yes, their season is not quite as long as the NFL season, but, I mean, to go 12 weeks, to go 13 weeks, uh, and to not lose a football game, man, that is so ridiculously hard to do. The amount of focus, the attention to detail it takes week in and week out. Uh, And we're talking about young men, too. Uh, We're not talking about grown men who are 30, 35 years old. We're talking about young uh, men who have all the distractions in the world at their disposal, uh, and they're coming in week in and week out to go to work uh, and to win football games uh, for the guy sitting next to them. Once again, that's real. That's genuine. These are young guys. They've been asked to be really, really focused and really, really, really disciplined for a long time now. Georgia's bye week, what was it, October the 20, whatever? That seems like 12 years ago. 
I mean, doesn't it seem like it's been a long time since Georgia didn't play a game on a Saturday? It just seems like we knew the month of November was going to be this intense push for Georgia. It turned out to be every bit of that, if not more. And Georgia stands on the other side of all that, 11-0. That in itself is a tremendous accomplishment with plenty more big-time football moments coming up for UGA. But as where things stand right now, Georgia's just been through a lot. And now it's supposed to play this in-state rivalry game where a lot of the players don't have this built-into-their-DNA notion of why Georgia-Georgia Tech, why clean, old-fashioned hate is a really, really big deal. And I think if you're a UGA fan and you're kind of obviously wanting to see the team beat up on Georgia Tech, but as Kirby said, you just sort of want to stay undefeated. Like, like regardless of whether it's an in-state rival or not, you just don't want to lose. You want to stay undefeated. You want to stay on track to go for 2-22. and 22. All of this, once again, can start feeling a, a, a little bit weird. But as someone who spent a lot of last week telling you I was a little bit worried about this team going up to Lexington, Kentucky, I don't find myself quite as worried about this game on this particular Saturday. I'm going to tell you why. Because there is something that has a chance to happen on Saturday that Georgia did not quite have going for it up in Lexington last week. Now, there were some Georgia fans present, and frankly, a kind of a huge number of UGA fans. In fact, Matt Jones, longtime uh, Kentucky sports radio guy, gave Georgia fans a bunch of credit for how many of them did show up for that game last week. And there were a ton of Georgia fans there at Mississippi State, too. But it's not the majority of the stadium. That was still a road environment that Georgia faced at Mississippi State and then last Saturday at Kentucky. But on this particular Saturday, that's not the case anymore. And on this particular Saturday, it is Georgia fans who get to have their say in how Georgia-Georgia Tech goes the same way they got a chance to have their say in the Georgia-Tennessee game a few weeks ago. And we said this going into Georgia-Tennessee that it was going to be one of those moments in which the fans would be a part of the story. They could create a greater likelihood of Georgia winning that game. And if you were there that day, if you spent the $8 million on tickets that were required, you know this, is that the Georgia fans beat up on Tennessee almost as much as the Georgia team did. All those false starts, all those pre-snap penalties, Tennessee literally wilted under the pressure of that. Then, lo and behold, they did sort of the same thing at South Carolina. But certainly in that game against Georgia, Tennessee, to use bad grammar intentionally here, they didn't want none after a while because of what the Georgia fans were doing to create the atmosphere with all of that. And you have a chance to create something similar on Saturday. Now, here's where i got to be honest here for a moment. And this is, you know, family's honest with each other, and we're all kind of family around here. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been going to Georgia, Georgia, easy for me to say. I've been going to Georgia, Georgia Tech games for a long time. And I'm going to tell you something here for a moment. I don't always feel like the atmosphere when the Georgia, Georgia Tech game is in Athens is as good as it kind of could be for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. A lot of the students have kind of gone back home to be wherever. Maybe sometimes Georgia's got bigger games coming up, SEC championship or whatnot. But for whatever reason, like to create the same level of atmosphere for the final home game, that you've created for some of the other home games prior to that, there have been moments in the past where I've sort of felt like eh, that was lacking a little bit. I thought that the atmosphere for Georgia, Georgia Tech could have been more intense than it was. So on Saturday, my humble plea to you is if you're going to be there, hey, go there ready to make a bunch of noise. What is the thing from Thanksgiving? Is it tryptophan? Is that how you say that? You're still kind of hungover from eating a bunch of turkey? Shake that off. Be ready to go. Be ready to create a very intense atmosphere. Because here's the thing, y'all. 
there's this conversation that takes place throughout this week of, well, what does the Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry mean? What, what is the value of all of this? Like, that doesn't have to be a theoretical conversation. For you on this particular Saturday, you can show what it means to you. And for a Georgia team that has been through as much as Jake Fromm just accurately described they've been through, don't you think this team could feed off that emotion just a little bit? Don't you think this team that is, I mean, let's face it, they're probably tired. And when you get ready for the SEC championship, when you get ready for hopefully the college football playoff, all of that kind of comes with a built-in emotional reboot that you all of a sudden find a new reservoir of energy that you didn't even know you had. Well, right now, they're still living off the old energy. And that tank's probably a little bit depleted right now. So you could help fill all of this up by creating a big, big atmosphere on Saturday. I really hope you do. And I asked Jake Fromm this past Tuesday when he was with me about if he thought that would be the kind of thing that the Georgia team could find that extra level of energy after all they've been through, after having been number one for the you know lion's share this regular season, after having a chance to step in here and complete another regular season run as an undefeated team, if Jake thought the fans could provide that boost, and he said, yeah, he gave you some words of encouragement, here's Jake Fromm from earlier this week. I think that is a great point. I think that is huge to come back at home. They haven't had that many home games this year. Yes, the Tennessee game was a huge, astronomical home game, one for the ages. Uh, but I will think it would be a great pick-me-up uh, going into the SEC championship to, to feed off the energy of the home crowd. Um, uh, and, and honestly, uh, get in, play the game, and then go home and get some rest, too. Uh, move on this week, late in the year, bodies are banged up, and uh, I think it will be good just honestly for everybody's health, mental, physical, spiritual health, uh, going into the next week after that. So uh, excited for these boys, excited for the home crowd, too, to get to see the dogs play. Uh, man, it's just it's going to be a great week. So let's say it in simple terms here. This team's been through a lot, and they're probably a little bit tired. Some of these players aren't quite so sure what this Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry even means. You can show them, if you're going to be there, you can show them yourself what it does mean. You can create a big atmosphere. You can cheer on these seniors when they walk before the game. You can cheer on the rest of the team when they're playing during the game. You can make this just as tough on Tech on Saturday as you made it for Tennessee, the last home game that Georgia played, which seems like 12 years ago. You can do all of that on Saturday. Jake Fromm, a great former Georgia quarterback, is encouraging you to do it. He's even almost challenging you to do it. On Saturday, let's find out if dog fans are ready to answer that challenge. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger, and glad to have you with us as we go for two in 22 here on Dog Nation Daily and the uh, rest of the season that's on its way coming up after that. So happy to have all of you with us. You join us on video, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, 945 most days. Not today because we are pre-recorded today, but 945 most days for our first and 15 there at the Dog Nation homepage and the Dog Nation app. Of course, Radio Noon. Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref and as a podcast wherever you find them the Apple Player, Spotify, all those podcast platforms, we just really appreciate you being a part of it. We are truly thankful for you on this time of year in which we think about the things that we are thankful for and we're thankful for our friends at Kroger there too not just for the support they provide of our program 
but also for the ways in which they kind of put more money back in our pocket right now. And as you get ready for Christmas shopping and holiday events and things like that, uh, that little bit of extra money they can put back in your pocket, that matters right now. One of the ways they want to do that is with extra fuel points. Did you know that right now you can actually get four times the fuel points when you make a gift card purchase, when you use a digital coupon with our friends there at Kroger? This is going on between now and December 6th. So stop by, shop in store, get those gift cards, use those digital coupons, and when you do so, you're going to get four times the fuel points on all of that. So make sure you check that out. Just one of the ways in which Kroger is helping you save money at the pump. Big deal on that right now. And also kind of putting more money back in your pocket for the big Christmas and holiday season that it's on its way. All right, quick announcement from us. Then we want to kind of move on here uh, and do some big things in the show, which will eventually include Jeff Sintel and everything else you've kind of come to expect from us on a Friday, even on a pre-recorded Friday. Obviously, we got a huge week next week with all of our kickoff to our Go for Two and 22 festivities. As Georgia makes its march towards another national championship, we are kicking it off in style next week. Two big events. Let me kind of do going chronological. <laughs> this is a couple times today. I've kind of stepped on my words here. Chronological order is the word I'm looking to say here. Chronological order starting on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we're going to be live at the Marlowe's in Brookhaven. That's 3575 Durden Drive there. 6 p.m. is the big kickoff event for this. We'll be previewing the SEC championship game, but also the entire go for two and 22 championship pursuit that takes place after that. So we can't wait to see you. Encourage you to be there. All kinds of fun and surprises. Dog Nation hanging out, doing an in-person event. They're at the Marlowe's Tavern in Brookhaven, 3575 Durden Drive. That's this upcoming Wednesday at 6 p.m. Hope to see you there for that. Then, there is still a chance for you to get your tickets for our Dog Nation Go for Two and 22 SEC Championship kickoff tailgate there as well. Going to be at the Home Depot backyard, three hours prior to kickoff for the game between Georgia and LSU. You know the open bar. Many of you have experienced the great food we've had here in the past, all the fun entertainment, and that special Go for Two and 22 t-shirt. This is a new design. It's kind of a second generation, if you will, Go for Two and 22 t-shirt. Here's what I'm telling you that the first 200 people to get their tailgate ticket secure the go for two and 22 t-shirt beyond 200 we can't guarantee that anymore only the first 200 get that now as of the day we're recording this which we recorded on a tuesday you're seeing this on a friday we were getting pretty close to having this cut off they didn't tell me it was cut off so i'm assuming that as you're hearing this on a friday you can still get in and get this but I wouldn't wait much longer. Dognation.com, top of the page. We kind of blew through our initial offer on this, and then we kind of gave you that sort of second chance opportunity here, and pretty soon we're going to essentially be what essentially amounts to sold out, especially when it comes to being able to get that T-shirt. So go to dognation.com, get involved, be a part of this, and a huge thanks to all of our sponsors who make this possible. Our friends at RS Andrews, Marlowe's Tavern, Kroger, Discover Dunwoody, Royal Caribbean uh, Cruise Line, of course, our friends at the 7-6 Apparel, Georgia Farm Bureau, and the Wilson PC Personal Injury Attorneys. We appreciate all of them making all of this possible. We can't wait to see you to kick off Go for Two in 22 season next weekend in Atlanta, getting ready to do all of that in style. We're really excited about that. We're also excited about Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a moment, as I said, some looks at the other games of the weekend that matter. We'll talk about some of that before we're done today there as well. But before that, I want to go around the doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Of course, Georgia happy to be back at home again this weekend there as well. And prior to the game on Saturday, there's also something really important coming up on Friday night there as well. Many of you are aware of this. We want to try to do our part to make sure you know about this. At Stegman Coliseum, 
there is going to be a celebration of life for the legendary coach and athletic director Vince Dooley. And this week on Monday, when Kirby Smart kind of kicked off his week, before he kind of got into the tech game and all the stuff that's on the way for Georgia, he took a moment to let you know how much your appearance would be appreciated at the celebration of life for Coach Dooley on Friday night. So if he's saying that it must be important, here is Kirby from earlier this week on that. I want to take a minute to uh, um, acknowledge the Vince Dooley celebration of life they're having Friday night at the Coliseum. Um, you know, it's open to the public and uh, encourage fans and supporters to attend to celebrate a man that meant so much to our community. Um, I know I'll be over there uh, for a brief stopover, um, but he meant so much to us. This is an opportunity to celebrate his life and do it over at uh, Coliseum. So even in the midst of busy game prep on the night before the game, Kirby Smart still wants to be there to honor the life of uh, Coach Dooley and show his love to the Dooley family, which gives you an idea of how important all of this is and I really want to encourage as many of you to be there as possible obviously so many of us are stretched out all across the country and so some of you would love to be there but physically you just can but if you are in or near the Athens area on Friday night uh, I'd love to have you be a part of this in fact we have some details I just want to make sure that you're aware of this because I want to encourage as many of you to go as possibly can here Georgia kind of sharing some of this a little earlier this week so let's make sure you know fully about all of this obviously taking place at Stegman Coliseum the official athletics account earlier this week says please join us for a celebration of life service for former head coach and athletic director Vince Dooley service is going to be 7 30 p.m that's tonight Stegman Coliseum it's free and open to the public so you can go to georgiadogs.com it's the official website find out more about that if you need to but at Stegman Coliseum tonight at 7 30 open to the public if you're in or near the Athens area I think this is going to be a really special night. It's a great way to honor Coach Dooley, who's someone that we continue to to think about often, frequently, and obviously as family, we keep them close to our prayers and our hearts and minds just because of the loss that they've suffered here over the course of the the last couple of weeks. And this week, in light of the fact that the uh, ceremony is happening tonight, we've kind of thought about some about Coach Dooley this week and kind of played some audio from an interview that I did with Coach Dooley going back now 2019. And I want to share a couple of clips with you from that here, too, just as a way of kind of remembering that life again here, something we'll probably do frequently in the years to come, and certainly hope we do that before Georgia takes the field at Dooley Field once again on Saturday. But talking to Coach Dooley in the interview that I did with him about when he first came to Georgia, it's hard to imagine this. When Dooley got here, the Georgia program, not really at the same level it is certainly now as the reigning national champions, but even the level that it would come to be at during his time there in the area kind of on the other side of the Wally Butts tenure, uh, Georgia had kind of fallen some hard times. This was not uh, nearly as successful a program as it would become. And Coach Dooley told me back then the, the, the efforts they took to kind of make this program both a bigger deal around the country, but also a bigger deal in their own backyard. This was great stuff from an interview that I was very proud to be able to be a part of. Coach Dooley talking about the challenge of building Georgia up into the kind of program that he wanted it to be. Well, I was committed to uh, to build Georgia. Sure. Uh, to rebuild Georgia because it had had some great times. But you're right. Uh, they had gone through some difficult times in the 50s and early 60s. Uh, uh, seven losing seasons out of nine in a row. I mean, that's pretty bad. To lose to Georgia Tech, your biggest rival, eight straight years, that's tough. But I also felt like that uh, that Georgia was a state 
with a lot of good football players, and Georgia was really just beginning to get good in all of the high schools. The coaching was getting better and better in the high schools. So we made a commitment that we were going to concentrate first and foremost on the state. In the past, they signed a lot of players from New Jersey or from Pennsylvania or from Ohio. We still signed some, but not to the emphasis in the past, but the emphasis was on Georgia. And I think by doing that, uh, we brought uh, all these little towns where football is so important, but we had a player that came from that town. We also inherited the town as well. Don't you love the thought of that, that all these small towns across Georgia where where Georgia football is the biggest deal in the world. You can travel across the state and you see examples of that. Many of you, much like myself, we came from a town like that. And Coach Dooley talks there about planting those seeds that allowed those roots to grow. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing to consider. The other thing, and this is an example of the sense of humor that Coach Dooley was so famous for, talking about being hired there at UGA and kind of what an unknown he was at the time. It's a wonderful sense of humor and it's a great level of self-deprecation obviously you know that kind of obscures just how great of a figure he became for this program but a great storyteller here from an interview that I was able to do with him once again Vince Dooley. They played hard and we got off to a good start and by the third year we were able to win a championship which was good for me because everybody was wondering who in the heck is this guy (laughs) who is this guy coming from across the Chattahoochee and uh I always tell people when I think about it, and it'll never happen today, that here I was, uh, I was 31 years old, and I was really coaching the freshman team when I was hired, though I had been five years with the varsity, but I wanted some broad experience, and back in those days, freshman teams were separate, and you coached all of them. So I thought it was good for me uh, from the standpoint professionally. So here I was, 31 years old, freshman coach, rival school, and they hired me. Uh, I think a lot of people said when they announced the new coach was Vince, they were all excited. They were thinking Vince Lombardi. <laughs> but when they said Vince Dooley, they said, who in the world is that? Well, as an athletic director, which I was, there is no way I would have hired anybody with that <laughs> lack of recommendation mm-hmm. and lack of resume. What a great story. What a great man. Uh, an incredible figure to the program and a great chance to celebrate his life here tonight at Stegman Coliseum. And obviously, I know so many of you are so excited about being a part of that. And that is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And of course, this time of year, decorating that home and getting it all ready to go for the holidays, something many of you look forward to doing. But many of you also have that dream about decorating a new home, a home that's in a different town or a new place or getting you closer to a new life that you feel like is just right around the corner for you. Well, our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Service believe the best time for new beginnings is right now. So if it's time to sell an old house or buy a new home or if it's time to take that next step and get a commercial investment or you know find a storefront for the in-home business you might have, whatever your real estate needs are, Berkshire Hathaway Home Service wants to provide uh, guidance for you on those needs. So find them online, bhhsgeorgia.com. That's bhhsgeorgia.com. Our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services bringing Around the Doghouse to you here today. So we got a fun show here for you. Before we're done, we're previewing all the big games across college football, uh, including the rivalry games here in the SEC. Uh, but for now, on this pre-recorded Friday, able to catch up earlier this week to Jeff Sintel on the subject of what the Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry means to him. 
a big, big uh, news story involving a four-star offensive lineman committed to Georgia that some folks have had some questions about. Will Jeff try to get some answers to those questions here this week? We'll hear more from him on that. And what's next on the horizon for these dogs with the class of 2023? We'll cover all of that with Jeff Sintel as we go on the road, assisted by AAA, here on Dog Nation Daily today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. As a lot of folks are on the road traveling to visit family and friends here for this Thanksgiving weekend, we're happy to have Jeff Sintel on the road, assisted by AAA right now, talking about the latest UGA recruiting news. And Jeff, we want to get more into that here in a moment, but as we're recording this to air on Friday, hope you're enjoying a great holiday Thanksgiving week with your family. We appreciate you taking some time away from that to be here with us. And I guess before we get more deeply into the recruiting stuff, just with Georgia, Georgia Tech kind of back once again in its customary spot, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, playing in Athens for the first time since 2018. What does this rivalry mean to you? And, you know, how do you think it kind of fits into the overall landscape of Georgia football here right now? Yeah, uh, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope everybody decided that one more plate wouldn't kill them this week. Um, you know, for me, I guess nostalgia, Brandon, really shows up for me, given – uh, my Asian life and how long I've kind of viewed this rivalry. You remember the, the, the fights and you remember somehow the inflatable bee somehow finding a knife blade or something like that. You remember when Georgia Tech used to be in the SEC. That's what my grandfather always used to tell me about. And You remember how beating Tech was a really big deal. I remember those classic uh, old school timeless photos of uh, Dan McGill and Bill Hartman with um, 2-H-E- double hockey sticks with tech buttons on their letter jackets, on their Georgia jackets, on their peacoats, and on their overcoats. It's really not what it used to be, but you just got this sense of, you know, there's never, I, I think even, there's never really a problem with Georgia football and the Georgia football head coach until they lose the Georgia Tech game. And that's kind of been the standard bearer for the last 20 years. Um, take a good rivalry, like Richard LeCount said. Uh, this is not a rivalry. He wrote it about a bunch of times, but it becomes a rivalry when Tech makes it competitive. Yeah, and there's no doubt that's the case, and obviously we'll see that kind of playing it on Saturday. And, Jeff, something else that's going on this weekend, uh, here on this Friday night, the public remembrance of the life of Vince Dooley taking place there at Stegman Coliseum in Athens. And, you know, I hope that this event gets the attention that it deserves. It comes at kind of a tricky time, you know, right after Thanksgiving, right before a regular season finale for Georgia. And yet the the life the legacy of Vince Dooley is such a special one that I know that Georgia fans are very eager to be there at Stegman Coliseum here tonight those that can be I, I certainly hopeful of that to really celebrate a great man and a, a great figure and a uh, just a towering achievement in the life given to the University of Georgia 25 years as head coach many more years after that as athletic director uh, certainly a, a selfless man as well, dedicated to, to service in so many ways, including service to his country. Uh, I, I know you joined me in saying that it should be a special night at Stegman Coliseum as the life of the legendary coach and uh, former athletic director Vince Dooley is remembered here this week. Right. Uh, Brennan, I think in this day and age, the word legend gets overplayed and overcooked. Uh, but I, I think it's more than fitting for Coach Dooley. Uh, this this loss here kind of deeply affected me because he was kind of my compass for Georgia, the University of Georgia, the standard. 
the guy I kind of measured every coach and every leader at University of Georgia after, and probably always will. Um, true gentleman who in his life gave us an example that your life is not just your work and your passion. He's far more than a football coach. He was a leader, an athletic director. He was a gardener. He was an author. He was a historian. Above all else, he was true to his country, true to his faith, and true to his family. Um, the way he successfully uh, pinnacled so many aspects of life is really, truly amazing besides just winning 200 football games in 20 years, 25 years, excuse me. Um, and it's such, Brandon, that a guy like me who has a lot of places to be during the week and a lot of obligations and a lot of things to cover makes me pause where I need to spend most, best spend my time on Friday night as well. Probably might be in Stegman Coliseum. Yeah, uh, for sure. A, a great life and a, a great opportunity to remember all of that. No easy way to transition into our normal line of conversation here as it relates to UJ recruiting, but as a part of our On the Road Assistance by AAA, that's certainly what folks want to hear more about here right now. And I guess I'm kind of curious about this. Very interesting story from you this week at DogNation.com involving the four-star offensive line commit, Bo Hughley, as his Langston Hughes team makes what might be a march towards a state championship in the 6A classification in Georgia. I'm not quite so sure there's going to be anybody that proves capable of stopping them. Certainly what happens for Hughley after that remains still a, a source of, I guess, much intrigue. How did you find Hughley this week? And I guess maybe kind of pushing back a little bit against some of the prevailing narratives that are out there in terms of what his relationship is with Georgia and his likelihood of, I guess, maybe not ending up in this 2023 class. Yeah, Brandon, to me, the, uh, the Hughley uh, recruitment has always kind of felt like uh, the Broderick Jones recruitment, if you remember back. Yeah. Maybe the one thing with Hughley is he wasn't as highly rated as Broderick. Broderick was a top 15 player and a five-star. But what happens sometimes with recruiting, Brandon, sometimes headlines get cooked up and any sort of interest at all gets drummed up when it's really not there. I've kind of felt that way about Bo Hughley's decision to sign with Georgia or potential decision to sign with Georgia, kind of in the same manner. Remember everybody started wondering about Arkansas and Sam Pittman with Broderick or – or Auburn, or Miami, or, you know, a lot of schools. I think he even took an official visit to Nebraska, if I believe. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that's that, that way with Hughley. A very interesting story. I think I purposely tried to bring up a lot of ammunition to the table there in that story because there's a lot of worries. There's worries about LSU trips. There's worries about Auburn trips. There's worries about uh, he hasn't been to Georgia yet for a, a home game, which is kind of big since he's one of their core commitments. And, He's going to be at Georgia Tech this weekend. That'll be his first home game visit. And, and we took a couple of good laps around that decision, Brandon. So many things stand out. Number one, no, nobody in the history of the Langston Hughes football program has ever decommitted from a school, even when maybe uh, some options probably said that might have been the strongest thing to do. These young men make their word, and they give their word, and commitment means commitment. Um, Bo Hughley basically told me, he said, man, I know it's there at Georgia. I know it's great. I know I love it. I love everything about it. So I don't need to see more of Georgia. Maybe he needs to focus more on his high school team. He thought about that because, uh, man, Brandon, we might see Langston Hughes in the Geico uh, National Championship bracket eventually should they keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're 100 points away from setting the all-time state record in points. And, Brandon, they have never played their starters in the fourth quarter. They've had running clocks in every game. And – they're still 100 points away from history, and I think it's ideal how two teams steeped in history, Rome, who holds that record, and Marist, who is a, a, one of the 
probably easily five to ten best programs in Georgia high school football history. Those teams are standing in their way. And, you know, Hughley basically told me, he said, uh, Kirby Smart is the central anchor of, of his commitment to Georgia. Brandon, we started talking about it. I said, does Georgia fans have to be worried? Does Kirby Smart, does Stacey Serials have to be worried? And he talks about the attention he receives from Kirby Smart, kind of like a lovesick puppy if you want to, if you want to make a, a parallel about it. He loves it when he goes to Athens and he walks into the facility and Kirby Smart maybe across the room and Kirby stops what he's doing and makes a beeline to Bo and lets him know how much he's loved and appreciated. He, appreci- he really appreciated how Kirby Smart uh, noticed the strides he's made in his game, how he's got more physical, he's got more technical. He's become a better football player in his senior year and um, he basically started going on and on of, about Kirby Smart so much that he broke out into song, Brandon, hmm. kind of a Luther Vandross, Barry White type type deal there. And he basically said he just really loves Kirby Smart. And I think Georgia and Kirby, Georgia and Bo, Bo and Kirby, I think that thing's pretty solid. I think that thing, uh, in the end, he's going to become a Bulldog. He might take another official visit or two. He's still got a, two left, he said. He might go to check out Ohio State. He might go to check out. Uh, a couple other schools there, but um, he kind of made it very clear over and over, as well, as well as his head coach made it clear over and over, that um, he's likely very not going anywhere. You know, one little piece of information that's not even in that story, Brandon, is there's been very little communication between Will Friend and Bo Hughley over Interesting. the span of this recruitment, especially with the coaching staff at Langston Hughes. And Brandon, I would, I would think if Auburn was really a serious contender uh, for uh, – Bo Hughley, that he'd be talking to the offensive line coach at Auburn by now. Yeah, maybe speaking to some of the turmoil that's in place there at Auburn, or certainly maybe the lack of evidence to support the relationship that some people maybe think has been in place with Hughley and Auburn. Let me just say two quick things about this here for a moment. There's a moment in the story with Bo there at dognation.com where he talks about, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something to the effect of, you know, I don't know why people think that I'm you know, kind of all over the place with my recruitment. He basically says, that's not coming from me. And, Jeff, we do see this a lot when a, when a recruit keeps his card somewhat close to the vest. The rumor mill almost ends up speaking for the player more than the player does himself. And this certainly seems to be an example of that, that, you know, uh, I don't want to say it's silence from the Hughley camp, but, you know, he's one of these guys that's content to do more of his talking on the field than he is away from that. And there's always going to be an appetite for information there. And it seems like there has been – no shortage of rumors to sort of stand as the spokesman for Hughley when he's at times maybe been, you know, uh, content not to do much talking himself. It's funny, Brandon. Uh, a couple of myths get shattered, with at least in the Bo Hughley uh, stuff. And you're right. I do feel it's a little bit of an echo chamber there. When there's no, no when there's no noise, then somebody creates some noise because, you know, he goes and visits Auburn. Why does he visit Auburn? Because one of his teammates is committed there. Uh, and then a bunch of his team, guys, those guys wanted to go to that game. So he goes to Auburn. He goes to take an unofficial visit to LSU, and he can't watch the Georgia game because he's at the middle of an unofficial visit for a game at LSU. And yet when Georgia beats Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, he tweet, he doesn't tweet out, excuse me, he posts on his Instagram story, go dogs, because um, he was really happy that the dogs won. He doesn't really get it how people – and this may be lost to a lot of people that follow recruiting a lot, but he doesn't get it how people see those those trips and those visits as examples of him wavering or when he wears gloves. or Like, for instance, yesterday, Brandon, I spoke to him at length yesterday, good 10-minute conversation, 
and he had an Auburn sweatshirt on. And people are like, man, he's like, man, it's just a shirt. When I wear gloves, they're just gloves. It's just what I have to put on. It's just something that fits my drip that day. And, and, and so, you know, true to his word, you know, Bo had some orange pajamas on that day, pajama bottoms on that day that he wore to uh, football practice. So, I mean, it's a lot of overthinking, especially with a player like Bo Hughley when they're not making any moves or, you know, not really out there with their recruitment. And I think that's how sometimes people get a little a little misconstrued. Uh, it was really a, a story that I could have written a while back, but I wanted to write it, you know, the week he was going to take a visit back to Georgia for Georgia Tech. Uh, so folks could probably, you know, maybe step off the offensive line and ledge a little bit because I've, I've gotten responses from people on the Dog Nation forum or on social media where folks reach out and they're like, you know, who's Georgia going to get to replace Hughley? Who's going to be the new lineman? Who are they going to get this late in the game? And that just kind of leaves me scratching my head sometimes about, I didn't really, I didn't really think Bo Hughley was a, was a worry. Certainly doesn't sound like it's a worry right now at all. It sounds like he's, going to be a Georgia Bulldog. Well, this is where honesty compels me to admit here. Now, first of all, I don't care what kind of gear recruits wear because the list of recruits that have been decked out in Georgia gear and gone somewhere else other than UGA is by as long as my arm. So I don't find gear, you know, mouthpieces, gloves, sweatshirts, things like that. I don't find that to be very predictive in terms of ultimately where a recruit chooses to play his college football, and uh, Hughley's probably no different there in that regard. But I'm not going to play dumb about a lot of visits, and I'm just I'm being as candid here as I can you know an unofficial visit to LSU Baton Rouge is a long way away and you know there were I guess visits to Auburn here over the course of the offseason a bit too you know this is a guy that has taken a lot of visits elsewhere and up until Saturday's game against Georgia Tech has not been to uh, Georgia here so I mean the old adage in recruiting is follow the visits the sheer number of visits long travel to places on his own dime for a lot of these unofficial visits you know, that is not the action of someone who necessarily feels completely locked in with Georgia, does it? Yeah, I agree with that. That that, that was a logical debate point that uh, was there on the table when I started talking about that. I think follow the visit still works. I think it's still an important tool for understanding recruiting and where a recruit might be leaning. I think maybe the most extreme cases are repeated visits. Yeah, uh, but when you talk to Bo, uh, you talk repeated visits to the same spot. But when when you when you and, and also in the void of the school that you're committed to or maybe leaning to, or everybody thinks you're leaning to, I think in the case with Bo, I, I take him at his word. I, he's very much Brandon a. He's really much a. I'm not really into this stuff. Although he likes the attention on Twitter, he likes the attention on Instagram. It makes him feel like he's a good player. It makes him feel like his work is paying off. It, what he's investing into football, people are paying attention. He, he gets all that, and that's somewhat human nature, especially for a teenage boy. But, you know, for him, he just he just doesn't talk to a lot of guys. He was like, man, I don't talk to coaches all the time. He said, I, I, I don't talk to them really at all. I text them some back and forth. Uh, I'm not on the phone with coaches a lot. He's not talking to coaches a lot. He's really all about chilling and silence. And he told me something, Brandon, I think it was back in June, after he'd done all his visits, he's taken it his, his official, took an official to Auburn, took an official to Georgia. And he was like, he's like, listen, man, I just can't wait to get to signing day. I can't wait to get it over with and this recruiting stuff done. And he said that those same things about Kirby Smart, how when the head coach or the national champions or the number one team or the University of Georgia takes that big of an interest in you and he has no relationship with any coach, much less a head coach like Kirby Smart, that's the way he felt in June. That's the way he now feels. We're almost carving up turkey on Thanksgiving with our loved ones. 
I'm going to take him at his word for it because it really comes across as very genuine and not a kid sounding really polished for an interview. When you and I are – when folks hear the conversation you and I are having right now, it'll be decision day for David Hobbs, the defensive lineman out of the state of North Carolina. You sort of got the impression that, you know, this has kind of trended away from Georgia in recent days. Uh, how much interest, if anything, should Georgia fans have for the uh, Hobbs decision that's slated to come here on this Friday? Yeah, that's interesting because uh, it's one of those things where sometimes, Brandon, you want the last visit. But I think Tennessee had a really impactful visit while they were at the zenith of their peak of their powers and hype uh, with Hobbs, and that really, really implanted themselves as a major contender. Uh, uh, I'll use the term that Peyton Woodward, the five-star safety out of California, used recently that's fresh on my mind, an in-game contender. Uh, I think Georgia's very much in it. I think Alabama's probably in it a little bit too, but – you know, a lot of people would look at that Tennessee loss and they eventually thought the, the humbling loss to South Carolina. I mean, not the, the loss to Georgia in the rain. But they would think, oh, wow, why does he want to go there? Why would he want to go there and be on a team that gives up that many points? Um, this could work either way, folks. It could work for I can be part of the solution. I could be what they don't have. I could, you know, turn that 63-point stance where they gave up that many points uh, into a much lower number. That's what Josh Heupel in Tennessee needs. I think he's felt like a priority. I do know the dogs would love to have him. I do know the dogs would know how to use him, and the dogs would turn him loose on some teams in the SEC with his rare athleticism and versatility. Um, it would be very interesting to see what kind of movement happened this week uh, with Davian Hobbs and his finalists. I right, we'll look forward uh, to hearing more about that. And I want to ask you one more thing coming up, but another decision day that looms here in the next few days there as well. But before that, though, let me remind you, we're on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here today. And we talk a lot about roadside assistance. AAA obviously famous for that, but by now you know they're also a name that you should strongly consider when it comes to your insurance needs there as well. Home insurance, auto insurance, products like that. And one of the things we see with AAA is the creative way in which they're always trying to find a way to get more savings opportunities for you, whether it becomes the disappearing deductible or the claim-free free, uh, rewards, all the special ways in which they want to find you opportunities to save even more on things such as your home insurance, with your auto insurance. You know, when you make that switch and save, not only can you put more money in your pocket, but you're also going to be doing business with a company that has a 93% satisfaction rate. And for as long as they've been doing it, as many customers as they've been serving to have that many folks who have a smile on their face but the experience they're getting from AAA you know they must be doing something right so I want you to give them a call 833-718-2075 that number once again 833-718-2075 to find a branch near you and talk about all the big ways in which AAA can be a great option for you for your insurance needs all right Jeff Sintel so you start looking you know kind of just past the SEC championship going to be decision day for five-star uh, edge rusher Samuel Mpemba that's a guy that Georgia fans have seemingly been feeling really good about for a while so let me let you do this um you can mention the Mpemba thing if you want to but how about the other kind of key dates here early I mean obviously we know the uh the early signing period the beginning of it's just right around the corner but with Mpemba doing his thing here pretty soon who else should be top of mind in the very near future about some of those next dominoes that could fall for the class of 2023 yeah, so the date, uh, it's funny how, uh, Brandon, the December 4th date for Impemba is lodged in Dog Nation's mind because that's the decision of a potential five-star, uh, which is a, a guy that would certainly help uh, George's class. But um, 
You know, you look at, there's another date out there, Brandon, that the fourth is really kind of interesting for another one because the transfer portal opens up on December the 5th. And uh, it is right for some to sit there and look at that as, you know, Brandon, let's face it, you can go shopping down that aisle for high schoolers right now, or you, you know, come December the 5th, you can go shopping down that aisle for 19, 20, 21-year-old grown men that have been in college football. That could be a more immediate fix in a win-now society for your team. Uh, that's what I think that makes it very interesting. Brandon, we also have the third Wednesday in December comes much later than normal. Sometimes we see that on like the 14th. Sometimes we see that on the 15th, 16th. This year it's on the 21st. So there'll be a couple of weekends in December for recruits to still take their official visits, um, especially some of those that have been kind of deep in playoff uh, thoughts right there. Uh, I think DeAndre Moore is very interesting. Uh, Anthony Evans is very interesting for Georgia. Uh, two potential wide receiver talents. Um, you know, what's going to happen with Georgia at the running back spot? Are they going to get any ground in the Justice Haynes conversation? Is Jeremiah Cobb going to be the other, the other great option, strong option for Georgia in the class? That's an Auburn commit. Auburn doesn't have a coach right now. Um, you start hearing other names, the names that pop up. I still think that, you know, Deuce Robinson looms, although Deuce will make his decision in December. I'm told he'll make his decision. Um, in February as well. So that's a guy that you also have the wrinkle and intrigue of uh, the professional baseball uh, ranks there to think about there with Deuce Robinson as well. We also must be very responsible and say that the thought of $2 million in baseball doesn't mean as much as it used to, Brandon. Why? Because NIL looms and, you know, a, a really strong college baseball prospect or a pro baseball prospect can take some NIL money to go play college football, keep that door open. But then they can also take NIL money to play college baseball uh, when they're a strong college prospect as well. And then those are six-figure deals out there for, like, sunglasses and apparel and everything else like that if you're, you're a big-time college star on the, baseball, on the baseball realm. So really the math isn't as strong. Oh, yeah, you've got to go take that million dollars and go, go play baseball. Not the same equation anymore that some quarterbacks and other prospects have made over the last 15 years when it comes to that. You throw in NIL, you throw in the transfer portal, you throw in um, a later early signing period and how, you know, Brandon, I think even Kirby Smart made mention of this this week. The rules have changed a little bit where coaches can't get on the road until after the SEC championship game. And that was a time when Georgia always annually playing in the SEC title game in Atlanta um, was kind of watching the competition go chasing after their heels a little bit with players while they were still trying to win a very important game to get into the college football playoff. A lot of stuff going on. Um, I think Georgia's class right now stands at 20 public commitments. We've seen, um, uh, we've seen the, the number drop a lot over the last couple of weeks. And I guess the last thing I'd say here, Brandon, is there's some intrigue there with Daniel Harris as well. He was on the, still on the top targets last top targets week on before the hedges on Wednesday night. He was still on the top targets list last week. Uh, even though he recently decommitted from Georgia. Um, there's the sense here from a lot of folks that uh, Daniel Harris could return to Georgia's class. There's the intrigue now about his older brother, Danelle Harris, who was a 2021 top 15 prospect that reclassified to 2020 and was supposedly medically redshirted, not, excuse me, let me back up, medically retired by Jimbo Fisher in August earlier this year. And all of a sudden he's social media posts are going out that, He's clear to play. He still wants to play. 
the Harris brothers want to play together. And then, Brendan, it's a whole new interesting thing there. That's Do right. you really need a scholarship anymore for a package deal? Could he get his tuition paid for by a collective? Could he get his tuition paid for by an NIL deal? Um, scholarship shopping is not what it used to be, and it's changing rapidly with everything else and the high-stakes world of college football recruiting. I recall that you said you wanted me to kind of go off in any direction I want, and I feel like I've done went and gone off in too many directions, but that's trying to put my arms around everything that's going on on the plate right now for a dedicated recruiting reporter who covers the University of Georgia. Jeff, good stuff. Thanks for being here on the road with AAA. We'll certainly look forward to talking to you again uh, very soon and hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend here and certainly plenty of football a part of that as well. Hey, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, Brandon. Always great to be with you on your show, and everybody have a good one. You too, Jeff. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So really good stuff with Jeff Sintel. Always appreciate his time, especially on a sort of Black Friday day like this, the day after Thanksgiving. We're certainly appreciative of that. We'll, of course, continue to follow all of these recruiting storylines online at uh, dognation.com. we got some looks around the SEC to give you here, too. And we do that with what we call cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Many of you love take a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation for like your Thanksgiving holidays, things like that. It's a great use of that time. Uh, I'm sure they get turkey and dress and all that kind of stuff on the ship, too. At least I'm probably pretty sure you can find some of that. And that sounds like a really fun thing for me to do there as well. And, of course, we're looking forward to having all of you on board with us for our second-ever Dog Nation cruise this upcoming April. Not too soon to start thinking about that. In fact, uh, space continues to be booked up. Staterooms continue to be booked up for one of the biggest events we've ever had here around Dog Nation. We're so excited about that. So appreciative of our friend Jessica Slater for making it all possible for us. She's a great travel agent, specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean to be a part of all of this. She's put a website together called RoyalDogs.com. You can go to it, RoyalDogs.com. Find out all of the best information available about the Dog Nation cruise. The fun stuff to do on board Independence of the Seas. The special events that are exclusive for those, a part of the Dog Nation cruise there as well. And, of course, all kinds of really cool stuff there, too. You can give her a call as well, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. And while you're talking to her, let her tell you more about the upcoming icon of the seas there as well. It's a brand-new ship debuting for Royal Caribbean in January of 2024, and it's going to be amazing, really kind of redefining the definition of a cruise vacation here once again, the largest cruise ship in the world when it enters the fleet, and you can already start getting some great information about that. Jessica can tell you all about it. So give her a call or visit her website that she's made just for you, royaldogs.com, for a lot more. All right, as we're cruising around the SEC here, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, let me talk to you about what I can't talk about, and then we'll talk about what we can talk about. We were obviously pre-recorded today. I uh, wanted to give our folks who work hard for us a uh, chance to enjoy some time with family and friends. So that means that some of the like in-the-moment stuff that you may know more about because you're live and I'm pre-recorded, we can't discuss. So if there's been more movement with Lane Kiffin possibly leaving Ole Miss to go to Auburn, we can't talk about that right now because we're obviously recording this. It's actually Tuesday when we're recording this. And we don't know the result of the Egg Bowl. You do. You watched on Thanksgiving night. We haven't gotten there yet. So we can't talk about that either. So for today, for our SEC through cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, I kind of want to focus for a moment on just those things that are happening on Saturday because we can obviously give you a little bit of a thought about that. I think there's a lot that makes some of the games of this weekend pretty interesting. And kind of in no certain order here, I want to kind of bounce through some of this. Starting in the SEC, I mean, 
what a performance from Clemson last Saturday and how they took down Tennessee. I think we'll always remember that. I remember being in Lexington that night, having a nice dinner with some friends and watching that game. And, uh, I mean, South Carolina just kept piling the points on over and over and over again. And you're sort of left to wonder, what about this team now? Does it build momentum for its end-of-season rivalry game with its in-state rival Clemson? A little bit different scenario here at home for the game against Tennessee, on the road for the game against Clemson. That's a tricky spot. And at this point in time, I have to confess, I just don't know. I don't know what Clemson, or I should say South Carolina's got for anybody anymore, uh, just simply because I think the performance against Tennessee, frankly, just kind of came out of nowhere. Now, Clemson's obviously got plenty to play for. You know, they're a factor in the college football playoff discussion. But that game gets pretty interesting. Iron Bowl, much the same way. Auburn's obviously on the verge of hiring a coach. We don't expect it to be Cadillac Williams, but he'll get a chance to be the coach in this Iron Bowl game here on Saturday. And it's an Alabama team that's just been kind of reeling here a bit. They've just had their struggles. And you wonder, can they figure it out? Can they get it right for this game here against Auburn? If anything, it seems like Auburn's got the emotion on its side. Alabama uh, probably has the talent, not even probably, definitely has the talent edge on its side. This was a hard-fought game down to the wire, surprisingly so last year. Uh, does Alabama play with a different level of motivation, knowing that it's not really you know, that much of a factor? Certainly can't play in the SEC championship, and not that much of a factor, I'd say, for the college football playoff, no matter what anybody else might be saying here at the moment. Uh, I think the Iron Bowl is pretty intriguing, too. Uh, and frankly, I think all Alabama games right now are pretty difficult to predict. LSU-Texas A&M is an interesting game. Obviously, for A&M, you sort of wonder, are they ever going to show any fight against anybody before this season is done? LSU, obviously, with the potential of looking ahead to the SEC championship, their spot in that game against Georgia is secure here now. Uh, but LSU's also been playing pretty well as, as of late. Some folks thought they might get into a little bit of trouble and have a team like UAB sneak up on them last Saturday. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, and so you kind of wonder, well, is LSU just humming right along towards its showdown with Georgia? But I kind of find myself a little bit more intrigued by the Texas A&M side of this because the Aggies have just played pretty bad against everybody as of late. Tennessee will play without Hendon Hooker as it takes on uh, Vanderbilt uh, here this weekend. Of course, that's Joe Milton back at quarterback, and you kind of you know, are left to wonder for a Vanderbilt team that has now won two stray games in SEC play. Could they possibly play well again against their in-state rival? And a Tennessee team who emotionally has to be facing a huge letdown are they going to be distracted by all they went through last Saturday and the fact that all their hopes and dreams of end-of-season goals were kind of all wiped away? That's, I think, what you'll debate here. But ultimately, even with a backup quarterback in place, this is still a Tennessee team that's just miles better than Vanderbilt is. You should point that out. But once again, it's another one of these rivalry games, as you sort of expect, very different levels of motivation in place for both these teams. Then outside the SEC, fascinating showdown between Michigan and Ohio State. My money here is on Ohio State. My, my pick here is Ohio State, but I certainly understand why there are those out there who are making their case for Michigan. On a game-by-game -game basis, you can make case the Wolverines have been the better team here this year. And yet when you think about the potential star power that Ohio State has in place, what Marvin Harrison Jr. has proven to be at the wide receiver spot, obviously C.J. Stroud has a chance to be the, uh, the, the Heisman Trophy winner. 
This is a Buckeyes team powered by a good bit of star power. On the Michigan side, quarterback injury also looms as an issue here of, you know, of just how healthy Blake Quorum is in a spot like this for this particular game. That's one of those big storylines there for that. And then also keep your eye on USC, Notre Dame as well. Uh, Irish are playing better. USC now can see the college football playoff berth right there squarely in front of it. This is a pretty fun game there, too. So for those of you that love feasting on food here during Thanksgiving uh, week, as you head towards that football weekend, you've got plenty to feast on there with that as well. And I no doubt know that you will enjoy all of that, and that is cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, speaking of Thanksgiving week, our friends at the Finnish Long Drink uh, obviously enjoying that too, and so many of you enjoyed your own Finnish Long Drink as you were having your Thanksgiving festivities on Thursday. And as we do our big finish here uh, with our friends at the Finnish Long Drink, I want to show you them having some fun on social media about their own enjoyment of Thanksgiving. I thought this was great. So you see the lady here, she's kayaking in the kind of, a finished long drink can, that's the cranberry can, saying, this is me thinking about Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's about right there. Pretty funny stuff from our friends at the finished long drink, enjoying themselves some Thanksgiving, and so many of you enjoyed that too. And by the way, if you haven't, you can try some right now. Go to the longdrink.com. Long drink cranberry, the, the uh, kayaker there was enjoying. Long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. Long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar. The traditional in the blue can. Grapefruit flavor. Uh, kind of a citrus flavor type going thing with the with the gin kick. You can try all of that today and find out where you can pick some up by going to thelongdrink.com. We appreciate the finished long drink bringing the big finish to us each and every week right here on Dog Nation Daily. As we wrap up here on this Friday, thanks to all of you for being here with us. Of course, we've got big, big football day in Athens on Saturday. It includes our Kroger kickoff, as always. It includes our... Dog Nation postgame show, of course, from the UJ Bookstore. Final time to be at the UJ Bookstore here for this season. That will be coming up there as well. So we can't wait to see you in Athens for all of that. And, of course, our golden shoe today, as we've been doing now for quite a while, highlighting those folks using hashtag go for 2 and 22 In fact, a lot of these folks don't even tag me in the tweet. They're just using go for 2 and 22 including James Darman here, who uh, used hashtag go for 2 in 22 just the other day on social media. So, James, we appreciate you spreading the good news there on that. And we will give you a golden shoe for doing so. That's a great thing to be able to see. And our Gator Hater Countdown, dogs back in Jacksonville, 337 days from right now. Uh, we uh, certainly appreciate that. Looking forward to it. And we'll see you here Monday on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger.